Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. Missing part of the fun this week. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Turn on the news. You know, there are plenty of people in America that do wake up with some of these morning news shows like the Today Show or Good Morning America. And guess what? Good Morning America. Donald Trump, a target in another criminal investigation. What? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Trump. You know, I'd mentioned that yesterday. Oh, my goodness, this is happening. The former president now the subject of a wide-ranging January 6th investigation. Trump received a target letter from special counsel Jack Smith focused on a conspiracy to defraud the United States, tampering with witnesses. Could he now be indicted again on charges related to attempts to overturn the 2020 election? And we'll get into their coverage of the whole thing. Okay. Also, what Trump had to say. And how much is this a threat to Trump? And what does that mean for the campaign? There's so many different questions on this. Yeah, there, yeah, there are a lot. Um, also, the second biggest story as far as Good Morning America, it's freaking hot out there. No end in sight. More than 85 million Americans under heat alerts right now. Phoenix breaking a nearly 50-year record. And what's happening in Miami that's so concerning? Yes, and around the world. <laughs> what's happening in Miami? We will get to that okay. coming up a little bit later. You know what? And I did more of a deep dive with the earth and the heat and climate change and what it means because again man we have these conversations off air all the time like am i missing something because this seems like some propaganda mixed in with fact but it's a whole lot of propaganda yeah but we'll get into it and there was a great conversation between a couple of people that will tell you yeah the planet is warming but what does it really mean in the end mm -hmm. we'll get to that a little bit later Meanwhile, with that going on, then you had Ron DeSantis doing his first big interview with CNN and Jake Tapper. Yeah, Republican presidential candidate and governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, did an interview with Jake Tapper on CNN. Uh, he was asked about the multiple prosecutions being leveled against Donald Trump, and it looks like there's another one on the way, potentially. Uh, and it was interesting to me because throughout the interview, uh, DeSantis is defending Trump. He's saying, no, this is inappropriate. Everybody knows what this is. But also he's making the case that he's the best guy to demolish the deep state or, or get rid of the weaponization of federal law enforcement. That's a tough thing to do. It, that's threading a needle for sure, because you can't go out there and say, uh, because, I, you know, one, it's not true, and two, uh, uh, the base will hate it. You can't go out there and say, well, I think the president has committed serious crimes and no one's above the law. No, you're not, you're not going to go out and do that because that's, that's fake news. Because you really don't feel that way. No. It's like you're competing with this person, but at the same time, yeah. you're like, hey, this, is, this guy's getting railroaded. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is, is that Ron DeSantis can also say, hey, look, I've got a couple of rogue prosecutors in uh, the state of Florida and we got rid of them because right, they bro. weren't doing their job. So anyway, he, he talked about what he would do with the DOJ and the FBI, et cetera, if he were to become president. This country is going down the road of criminalizing political differences. And I think that's wrong. Alvin Bragg stretched a statute in, in Manhattan 
to be able to try to target Donald Trump. Most people, even people on the left, acknowledge if that wasn't Trump, that case would not have likely been brought uh, against a normal civilian. And so you have a situation where the Department of Justice, FBI, uh, have been weaponized uh, against people they don't like. And the number one example of that happened to be against Donald Trump with the Russia collusion. Uh, that was not a legitimate investigation that was being done to try to drive Trump out of office. And so what I've said as president, my job is to restore a single standard of justice to end weaponization of these agencies. We're going to have a new FBI director on day one. Uh, we're going to have yeah. big changes at the Department of Justice. Americans across the political spectrum need to have confidence that what is going on yeah. is based on the rule of law, not based on what political tribe you're in. I'd personally give him a pretty decent grade for that. I thought that was a good answer. Yeah. I mean... People are going to pick him apart no matter what, especially people on the left. Oh, for sure. Um, and people that really want Trump to be president. They're going to say, you know, it's just too bland. We need, you know, more of a fighter. Mm. It's going to be one of those things. But just politically speaking, I, I thought he handled that pretty well. Yeah, and, and it's also the right thing to do. I like the policy, even aside from the yes. uh, performative aspect of it. Well, I think that's the strongest thing he has, actually, is the policy part. Mm -hmm. You know? more of that interview a little bit later what is the update on the soldier that ran into north korea We're dude okay so starting to learn more about this because it didn't make any sense as it was breaking yesterday no so a u.s soldier ran into north korea and no one really knew what the heck was going on yesterday uh now we know his name is uh, uh travis king private second class travis king yeah uh, he had just been released from prison in south korea over an assault charge. Apparently, he had a history of boozing and mixing it up with the locals. And so okay. he had some problems there. Uh, he was going to be uh, go through a disciplinary separation when he got back to the United States because, well, you've been convicted of a crime on foreign soil. The, the U.S. Army tends to frown upon that kind of behavior. Uh, he was going back to Fort Bliss. Well, he was at the airport, uh, and he fled the airport. And joined a tour group heading to the North Korean border. And when he was there, he fled to North Korea. Now, a woman from New Zealand was part of that group. And she talked with the news outlet uh, Down Under, uh, News One, what actually happened. Okay. Everyone was just sort of milling around, being watched by the soldiers on our side. And then suddenly I noticed a guy running full gas towards the North Korean side. Um, and my first thought I'm was, sorry, what did she say? Full gas? Full gas. I love that. Yeah. And my first thought was, what an absolute idiot. I assumed he was sort of getting a mate to film it for some kind of TikTok stunt or something like that. And we just heard all these stories about North Koreans shooting their own soldiers as they came across the border. So I didn't know what was going to happen. When the U.S. soldier said run, we, we ran. Wow. Yeah, yeah apparently okay. the security officials there on site were saying, everybody go, everybody go, because the North Koreans w might see that as a threat and just start letting the bullets fly. Yeah, that could be, well, intimidating. Yes. Frightening. Yes, well, like, what are you doing, man? And then the New York Post is saying, well, the family of this guy is saying, yeah, he's had some issues. There was yeah. a loss in the family, and he's kind of losing it a little bit. Well, obviously. Okay. Yeah. My goodness. But again, running into North Korea? I mean, I've... I've when is that ever the answer to anything? I, you know, I, I've had my problems in the past, some difficulties, highs and lows and everything in between. I've never once thought about committing a little bit of treason to make my troubles go away. But no, 
I mean, if he's, again, uh, he was there in his capacity as a civilian. I mean, he wasn't in uniform or anything, but still, you're defecting to North Korea. That, that's much worse than just getting booted out of the Army. No doubt, man. All right, keep an update on that. And then what well, we heard this audio yesterday and had to listen to it two or three times asking each other, did that just happen? Dude. You know, there, there's this food fight going on in the political realm, of course, between uh, really between Trump and DeSantis, because those are the two biggest contenders right now to get the GOP nomination. I just yes. want everybody who's going to vote Republican to realize this is the guy we're up against. <laughs> OK, so no matter who it is, <laughs> at the end of the day, we got to get Joe Biden out of office. OK, he took a meeting with the president of Israel and during the press photo op, this happened. Listen to this. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level, and the And as I... Uh, Did he nod off? He looks like he's falling asleep. Like mid-sentence. Yeah. And... You can't understand what he's saying. Uh, 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 uh. Say that again. At a political level, and the and as I, uh, I saw different people making a point online saying, "Listen, in the United States, he's protected a lot from legacy media. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're going over that today." You got to talk about the heat and Donald Trump. You can't talk about our president <laughs> nodding off during a meeting and maybe he's not quite all there to lead the country. Right. You're just not going to see it. But to everyone else in the world that sees this, it's a laughing stock. It's look, that guy's in charge. What a joke. And it's absolutely true. That's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. Wow. Okay. So did anybody offer up an explanation on that? No. Because we all know what it is. I know that his defenders in the media and his campaign will say, well, all of his little gaffes are, it's a stutter. It's just because he speaks from the heart, yada, yada, yada. Everyone who watches this stuff knows exactly what is going on. The guy is old and senile. Okay. Yes, he's old and senile. My goodness, dude. You know, it's like that one time we've laughed at this I don't know how many times. When he gives up in a sentence. Yeah. And this was, I think this was the part of the campaign when he really thought, I'm not going to make it. I don't even know why I'm out here. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Ugh. Just, I give up. <laughs> I and in thought... retrospect, we all wish you would have given up. I fought the sentence and the sentence won. <laughs> Okay, a lot to get to today. Oh, and then in the world of country music, song by Jason Aldean has all this backlash, and the video's been banned. What's going on? That and much more coming up right here. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins, on vacation this week, missing out on some of the Trump fun. You heard some of it this morning from Good Morning America. And John, this is an almost unfathomable situation here. You now you have a former president facing multiple felony charges in multiple jurisdictions. Yes. Uh, it sure is, George. It sure is, George. We've never seen anything <laughs> like it. And I am wondering to myself, David, are there independents now that see what's happening and say, okay, this is over the top now? 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it's unfathomable. What's unfathomable uh, would have been, or at least that was my reaction to uh, the ever-evolving Trump-Russia collusion story. At this point, knowing what the FBI did with all of that, mm-hmm. this is completely fathomable. This, this, is, this, is, this is actually within the realm of we predicted it. Yes, but we'll get into you know, some of the specifics of what they're laying out and what it could possibly mean coming up in a few. Uh, mentioned Jason Aldean, country artist. He's got a new song out, and there's backlash, not yeah. only about the song, but the video. Yeah, the bedwetting losers on the left are crying about this uh, the song and the music video. Uh, the song is called Try That in a Small Town, and the music video shows a bunch of footage from the 2020 riots. Mm-hmm. And, well, here's part of the song. This is the hook. Okay. Try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here we take care of our own. You cross that line. It won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't. Yeah. So I when I heard all the, you know, hubbub around this song, um, I listened to the song and I watched the video. And I thought to myself, are you serious? This is somehow what? Promoting lynching? Yeah, that, that's what's been uh, alleged here. CMT has stopped airing it. And a bunch of lefties said, well, this is about targeting black people. One of these uh, far-left gun-grabbing activists from Moms Demand Action went on this tirade last night about how, oh, this is, uh, uh, th- this is uh, him pining for the days where you could just murder a black person in the street. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's using real news footage. We all saw it. It do- Again, it doesn't matter who's committing the crimes. Right. There are people that say that needs to be stopped. I don't care what race the person is. That's it. Yeah, but and country music has had that sort of bravado, revenge song for for. The entirety of his existence. I mean, that that's what it is. Rap does the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, one of the one, again. I was thinking, the, man, Hank Jr. Yeah, <laughs> love to spit some beach nut in that dude's <laughs> eyes and shoot him with my old forty-five because a country boy can't survive. Right. Yes. People love that. I mean, you, I mean, if you like country music and if you like, you know, a lot of old school rap. Yeah, it was about busting a cap, and you're going to show respect and all that yeah. stuff. And, you know, there would be people saying, hey, you're promoting violence with that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you got to understand, this is the attitude. This is this is this particular audience. So what is the argument? So you can have that, but goodness gracious, Jason Aldean can't have pride in a yeah. small town. And if you bring the crime here, you're not going to like what happens? Give me a break. Yeah, and it's an accurate reflection. I remember covering the story maybe it was last year or the year before last, there was this trend going around where where kids would go and, like, kick doors and film it for social media. And there was a sheriff's department in small-town Texas, and they weren't trying to be cute about it at all. But they they put out the notice, hey, we heard a couple reports on this. Seriously, for everybody's safety, don't do this. Like, this is small-town Texas. A lot of people have guns. And if you start pounding on the door trying to kick it in... You might get shot. No one wants that. David, remember during the riots, okay, and we were talking about it, you know, from a news perspective even when the word was uh, 
a lot of the riders were going to take it out to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And we, I remember we had the conversation two or three times saying, you better be careful how far you go. Because yeah. you start getting to the small towns and the rural towns, you're not going to like what happens. Well, They're going to be ready. And that's not trying to sound like some Billy Badass. That's just reality. Yeah. They'll put up with that, man. Um, you know, there was another part of that lyric that um, I heard that resonated, I thought. And it was, um, sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. And I can't remember how many times we've seen that happen. You know, and that's not just 2020. That's over the last few years Mm -hmm. that you get enraged watching that. You know, some little old Asian guy out of nowhere getting sucker punched by somebody. And you want to see the person that did that pay for it, man. You really do. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. Carjacking old lady at a red light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try that in a small town. Yeah. Well, CMT, that's so freaking weak. And the thing is... That used to be the mentality of a lot of big cities, too. Like, you're not going to do that. Like, in New York, I've right. told the story before. When I was, uh, the first time I ever went to New York, it was 1999. We were going down to Yankee Stadium on the subway, mm-hmm. packed in the subway. Mm-hmm. Two dudes started fighting. They started throwing punches. And a few dudes who were in their immediate vicinity grabbed them and shoved them off the train, saying, you're not doing that here. And everybody applauded. Right. And, and now what? That's that's like white supremacy lynching mentality. <laughs> Give me a break, man. <laughs> no. If people say, it, okay, man, they're talking about it right now. The interpret it. Th- this just goes too far. What goes, goes too, too far? I don't know. But it, listen, man. Again, these are people that have no idea what regular people are like or people that grow up or live in small towns they don't understand that there's a lot of pride in that and they just don't get it all right we got to get more on the upcoming trump indictment um and breaking that down is pretty fascinating next all right let's do it the markley van camp and robin show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins on vacation Okay, so this upcoming Trump indictment, from what I understand, and they were talking about this, um, I'm playing clips from Good Morning America because I'm trying to understand, um, as far as legacy media, what their angle is. And I would guess you're trying to convince people there's just so much this guy is guilty of. Mm -hmm. My goodness, there's no way this guy could ever be president again. And it's amazing that people would ever vote for him. He's such a criminal. Blah, blah, blah. But... uh, John Carl from ABC is laying out that Trump's lawyers did not see this coming. Trump had been told by some of his top advisors and top lawyers that they expected that Smith's January 6th investigation would conclude with a final report, not with an indictment. And now, George, they are scrambling to mount a defense to the most dire legal jeopardy Trump or any other American president has ever faced. Well, you, you look confused, David. Well, I don't. I, that, that's, kind of, that's a subjective kind of argument, but I, I mean, I would argue that the classified documents is a is probably a bigger deal. Um, but again, we don't even know if he is going to be indicted for sure. People are reading the tea leaves and saying, "Yeah, he probably will be." Yes. Uh, on this, but again, we don't know what the charges are. How can you make a declaration like this is his biggest legal jeopardy in history? Blah. Like you don't even know what they're what they're going after. 
Well, ABC News has reported that multiple sources have confirmed to the publication that these three federal statutes that they're going after Trump for, conspiracy to commit offense or to defraud the United States, Mm -hmm. deprivation of rights under color of law, and tampering with a witness, victim, or an informant. Yeah. And that's going to be the deal. Here's another short clip here. Overnight, he told a cheering crowd in Iowa that it was an attempt to interfere with the upcoming presidential election. They want to try and demean and diminish and and, uh, frighten people, but they don't frighten us because uh, we're going to make America great again. That's all there is. And apparently, if you do any sort of morning news show in legacy media, you can never say last night. You say overnight. Oh, yeah. I know. The rally in Iowa wasn't at 2 (laughs) a.m. Right. Just so you know. Okay, so what to make of that, David? So I know a lot of people have asked the question, uh, what does under the color of law mean Uh, Mm -hmm. when they say that? Under the color, color of law means that you are exercising a legal authority that you don't actually have. So, again, I, I don't, having not read any indictment, I don't know exactly what they would be saying he did. There is a suggestion that it has to do with the signing of uh, fake electors in the 20, after the 2020 election. Essentially, I know in Michigan, like 16 people just got indicted at the state level over this, uh, where they essentially uh, uh, sent in votes for the electoral count that mm-hmm. were not actually authorized but but they signed this paperwork and so they're being charged with all sorts of crimes defraud or fraud and things like that that they they essentially uh counterfeited a, a, an official document is what paring it down that's the basic way to understand it <clears throat> that's the election so I, I i or that's the the state of play so with trump i don't know if it was that he if it has to do with the fake electors was he pushing for those votes to count using his authority that he didn't actually have. Again, I don't know because the details haven't been released yet. Right. The most vulnerable position or the most vulnerable part of it is the uh, witness tampering because that's pretty easy to show. That's pretty easy to demonstrate. And Jack Smith has a long career of making mountains out of molehills. And so if he even had a conversation with somebody who was a witness, they could call that witness tampering and, uh, again, under the letter David. of the law, he would be guilty of it. Again, I don't think that – or has a very right. good chance of being found guilty of that. Again, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it because I haven't seen any indictment yet. Um, that seems to be the one that would be the riskiest for Donald Trump. Not deprivation of rights under color of law. No. no. Which I'm thinking if you do man on the street around, you know – Big cities across the United right. States. So what does that mean with Trump? He's racist. <laughs> it just proves he's racist. No. That's probably what you'd hear. No. Okay. Meanwhile, now as far as it's Jack Smith, because I'm hearing all this different stuff about this guy and his history, and he tries to sort of take a law and then give it new meaning yeah. with different words, and it's failed for him in the past. We'll see where this goes. And you highlighted this yesterday. CNN was marveling. At this move he made getting a sandwich. Yeah. I, I just put together a quick little montage of this to, to paint the picture here in case you missed it. Uh, CNN has been bird-dogging the special counsel, Jack Smith, who's been going after Donald Trump. Uh, and this was the dazzling coverage viewers of CNN were treated to yesterday. Roll it. <laughs> 
New and exclusive CNN video of the special counsel at Subway. Picking up a sandwich, leaving, and not saying a word. He stood in line just like everybody else. What is important is the imagery here. Jack Smith going to Subway today is a message to Donald Trump. <laughs> that was Jack Smith with no words and a simple $5 sub in his hand saying, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, the imagery was, uh, uh, was intentional and spoke volumes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to ask you a question because yeah. now I feel like I'm, I'm strange or something. When you go into a subway or any sandwich shop and you order and you get your sandwich and then you leave, do you stop and talk to people? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think most people do. The sandwich, leaving, and not saying a word. <laughs> yeah, that's most people. Yeah, and he's also a prosecutor in what uh, at least should be a very highly confidential uh, case before anything is brought or charged. So right. why would he? That, that's not really all that remarkable that a prosecutor wouldn't comment on a case or anything if he's just going to get lunch. They're like, he passed by multiple sandwich shops to go to Subway. This must be a message. <laughs> Unreal, man. So, you know, the reaction from a lot of people, at least Republican voters, are like, all right. You're politicizing another election. This is what this is about. And you wonder how many independents are starting to think that. Yeah. You really do. And I think that was one of the things that CNN was asking Ron DeSantis about. Yeah. And, you know, he defended Donald Trump against the malicious prosecutions he faces, but he made his case for being the nominee here. Again, man, that's not easy to do. No. When you have so many people, you know, feeling bad for Trump saying they that this is a witch hunt. They're going after him. This country needs to have a debate about the country's future. If I'm the nominee, we'll be able to focus on President Biden's failures, and I'll be able to articulate a positive vision for the future. I don't think it serves us good to have a presidential election focused on what happened four years ago uh, in January. And so I want to focus on looking forward. I don't want to look back. I I do not want to see him. I hope he doesn't get charged. I don't think it'll be good for the country. Uh, But at the same time, I've got to focus on looking forward, and that's what we're going to do. That's a pretty good answer. That's the way you got to handle it. And and. And really, I think that's what a lot of people are dreading, is that an entire 2024 campaign being all about 2020. And we got problems. We got to move forward. Oh, no. The left wants it about that more than anything else. No one else does. You're absolutely right about that. All right, we got to move on to other things. It's that part of the show where we go back and forth here, and it may not be the biggest story that you saw out there today, but it caught your attention. What's your story today, David? Oh, Democrat Representative Nancy Pelosi was asked about Biden's age as we head into the 2024 campaign season, and this was on MSNBC's Morning Joe. I'll let the former House Speaker speak for herself. Oh, my gosh. I love this because I haven't heard it yet. All right, roll it. And roll it. Age is relative. What I, I was in L.A. Uh, for some Democratic stuff recently, and I met with Norman Lear, who's 100, going on 101. He was telling me some new shows he was involved in. I was meeting with Frank Gehry, a, a, a 90-something architect, showing me new buildings he's building throughout the world. Uh, and uh, they were like, 80s. He's a kid, but it's a kid. It is. <laughs> this is running the country. It's not helping with some TV show. It is. It's relative. He's he's younger than I am, so I he's a kid to me. I think it's not a reason to be. It's it's an excuse, and I think that. Uh, 
Uh, we just have to get on with this election for the children. <laughs> for Is the she children. serious? Yeah, I mean, you, to your point, yeah, you're not you're not sort of weighing in on designs for architecture or 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 some sitcom, right? You're you're running the country. And it's not even the age. I mean, media wants to frame it all as an age issue for Joe Biden. It's not. No, it's not. It's like Anthony Fauci, as evil as that guy is, he's about the same age. Right. But he can complete a sentence. I don't think Anthony Fauci is senile. I don't either. Joe Biden's senile. It's obvious. Yes. I mean, dude, from the clip you had yesterday when he nearly fell asleep meeting with the Israeli PM. Could you ever imagine Fauci doing that? No. To your point, yes. And there's a lot of heavy stuff out there. So for my story today, this is a head-scratcher to me because people love their pets. It's well-documented. Talk about pets on the show. And I see this in a survey. One in three dog owners claim their dogs could survive in the wild without them. Mm-hmm. Depends on the dog, but probably, I mean... Mm. Two out of three? Yeah. In the wild? Yeah. What do you mean by the wild? I don't see it happening to you. You're more of an expert on pets no. than me, for sure. I mean, the, the the conventional wisdom is that between dogs and cats, whether you like one or the other or both, that cats, because they have less of a history of being domesticated for human mm. interaction, they actually do fare pretty well if you just let them go. Because yeah. those instincts haven't gone away. They're not. They're not lap dogs. They're not. You know, hunting dogs. Even uh, they don't wait for a command to do something. Most dogs. Again, it depends on what how you define the wild. But I guess. Yeah. I mean, you, you put them in a jungle situation. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get a thirty percent survival rate. Personally. By the way, in this survey, what percentage of dog owners do you suppose say their dogs need a jacket if the weather drops below forty no, no. degrees? It's 27%. Oh, One out of four? They have We're going to get them a jacket? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we overestimate the intelligence of the population, just remind me of that, please. Thank you. All right, much more to get to, including about our defense in the United States. We're in trouble. Next. All right. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, we got to remember to save this story for when Robbins is back from vacation next week. Okay. Um, and I'm laughing not because it's funny, but because sometimes I think you got to laugh because you don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. This is absolute insanity what's going on right now in our military. I mean, all yeah. over the place, but certainly in our military with this story. The whole world gone crazy! Yes. Yeah, so this is in the uh, South Dakota National Guard, uh, according to uh, Senator Mike Rounds uh, of South Dakota, learned that there is a woman, a female recruit, actual female recruit, who is not going public but has uh, uh, was, was ultimately convinced to complain about something that was happening okay. uh, during training. Uh, she also considered resigning over this. But, uh, yeah, she was bunking and showering with two biological dudes. 
who say that they're women. <laughs> this is insanity. I mean, they got, you know, the peepers are out, you know, while they're in the uh, in the showers and whatnot. And I, I just I sit here and I, I think, man, over the last several years, we've had a big conversation, uh, national conversation about sexual assault in the military. And it, it happens way too freaking often. And in the past, it has been covered up way too freaking many times. And all that's well documented. And it's it's well documented. Well documented is a horrible thing that has happened. Yep. And and I'm I would hope that there would be some movement. But now, because wokeism rules the day, we're going to have dudes showering with women. I'm sure that's going to help. Where are we, man? You know, I and I saw this piece out of the New York Post. Rich Lowry wrote it um, on a similar thought, talking about the military and really wokeism um because the house republicans voted to end the dei stuff at the pentagon yeah and one wonders whether the u.s military will ever be the same and then it you know he's bringing up some good points that our leaders used to worry if we would have enough stopping power to defend against soviet tanks or a survivable uh, nuclear force in the event of the first nuclear strike someone strikes us are we going to yeah. be prepared that sort of thing and now we worry that we might not be learning enough about microaggressions. Yeah. And he wrote in the piece last year, Bishop Garrison, then serving as the defense secretary, senior advisor for human capital and diversity, equity, and inclusion, said that DEI needs to be part of every decision the military makes. It's a force multiplier and will make the military more lethal. Mm. How? They no, never explain it, it. No, I'm sorry, but you can't annoy the enemy to death. <laughs> if you could then yes that would be an extreme force multiplier that, I mean. yes dude i mean you can hardly get the visual out of your head of okay this woman says all right i am going to volunteer and i'm gonna join this part of the military okay and the next thing you know there's dudes showering next to you one thing I identify as a woman, so that's a woman. No, it's not. We have to base things in fact. This is reality. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> Lowry had a funny line. It was, uh, is the Marine operating a howitzer going to be more proficient if he's familiar with the work of Ibram X. Kendi? No. No. Will our fighter pilots be better at aerial warfare if they think America is defined by systemic racism? <laughs> <laughs> if diversity training is so crucial to a fighting force, maybe we should stop sending so many munitions to Ukraine and ship the embattled country PowerPoint presentations on equity instead. Right. There you go. Here's a few copies of White Fragility, by the way. Yes, this should help you out. This is going to make you a lethal military force. And can you get, uh, you know, more women with dongs? That'll help, too. <laughs> You'd be more diverse. It's going to help you as a fighting force. Give me a freaking break. Get out of your minds, man. <laughs> yes, please save that story for Robin next week. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out this week. He's on vacation. He'll be back next week. Um, you know, one of the things going on today is the House Intel Committee having a hearing about the Hunter Biden scandal. Yeah, it's underway. And You're not going to hear anything about that from Legacy Media. No, we'll we'll be bringing you turning around any clips as soon as we get them. Yes, because as far as Legacy Media. The story that's been the story for the last eight years will not go away because it's a ratings bonanza. Good morning, America. Donald Trump, a target in another criminal investigation. And here we go. <laughs> Just on and on and on it goes. So we'll get to more of that a little bit later. The other thing that happens, because yesterday, you know, it was kind of a big story that Ron DeSantis was going to be changing up the campaign. They fired some staff, and they're going to go after a reset. Yeah. And he's going to be more available as far as media goes. And he was going to take on some liberal media like Jake Tapper at CNN. Yeah. Right? But, boy, it's hard to get any traction if you're Ron DeSantis because Trump is always the story. And it's, I mean, I'm not saying that, oh, whoa, he's Ron DeSantis. It wouldn't matter if it was him or anybody else. Trump is like media is addicted to the story totally and the left and it's one thing after another after another and it's just another thing man and is there anything to this you know supposed indictment coming up again we'll get to it coming up but as far as the CNN interview with DeSantis how did DeSantis do do you think I thought he did pretty well um and I, I think he handled himself well he held his own without getting too chippy you know, there was no moment where, you know, the CNN crew could say, oh, my gosh, he lost his cool. There was nothing like that. You know, he was just okay. very, very focused, laser focused on what it is that he stands for. I thought this was an interesting question because uh, some people have been saying he's too far to the right to appeal to the crucial uh, demographic, which is uh, suburban moms. Wait and, a second. Only people on the left have said that. Yeah. And, and well, Jake Tapper said there was a Republican pollster on CNN. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Who said that? And all DeSantis had to do was scoreboard and say, what are you talking about? Roll it. Well, I don't think it's true. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I took a state that had been a one-point state, and we won it by 20 percentage points, 1.5 million votes. Uh, our bread and butter were people like suburban moms. Uh, we're leading a big movement for, for parents' rights, to have the parents be involved in education, school choice, get the indoctrination out of schools. Of course, there's bread and butter issues that matter, too. Inflation, uh, more economic opportunity. Florida's economy is ranked number one of all 50 states. We've worked hard uh, to make that happen. Yeah, I'm like Justin Timberlake, all right? Suburban moms, they dig me. What? Next question, Jake. I'm like the guy from Sugar Ray 20 years ago. Where's your suburban moms shell dig me and my vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from everything I've heard from that interview, it seemed like he did pretty well. Yeah, I think so. so what about uh, Tapper? Was he uh, being his usual jag self, or did he clean himself up a little? No, I think he did. I think he knew that there were going to be a lot of criticisms if he went overboard, went full-on Jake Tapper. So okay. he seemed to handle himself. At one point, I thought he had uh, he snickered, but I listened back to the audio, and in fact, he did, and he was coughing. He was clearing his throat. Okay, because I didn't see it all in context. Mm -hmm. I've just seen like eight clips of it, which I figure, all right, I think I've seen the whole thing now. And it seemed like... Yeah, they both did fine with it. Yeah. 
Okay, you have a story on Rachel Levine. Yeah, Rachel Levine, the obese man who thinks he's a woman who Biden put in charge of our nation's health care initiatives. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he says that kids should definitely have access to dangerous and life-altering drugs to prevent puberty. This is from an interview on Nightline. Okay, so just keeping score. It used to be, well, absolutely not. We're not talking about that with kids. We're talking yeah. about adults. And then it's not happening with kids, except now it is, and it should be happening. Yes. Okay. What would you say to folks who think that they're being reasonable by saying, why can't children just wait till they're 18? Adolescence is hard and puberty is hard. What if you're going through the wrong puberty? What if you inside feel that you are female, but now you're going through a male puberty? <laughs> okay. Then you need counseling. Right. That's, I mean, that, that mentality to me really is straight up evil. It is. To just say, oh, yeah, believe a 10-year-old when they tell you, oh, I'm actually a woman, and give them these drugs that will forever affect them, that will affect bone density, will affect muscle development. And then somebody asked the question, and I know that, uh, you know, someone's going to accuse me of being like a QAnon conspiracy theorist, but it is very odd that there is a movement to try to make sure that kids stay kids forever. Don't go through puberty. Are you serious? Well, I, I, it just seems to me like that's an odd oh, I gotcha. mentality. I'm like, okay, seriously, I don't know if you're like, man, this is how ridiculous it sounds, or there's actually a movement that's making that but case. That, that's what she just, that, he, that's what Rachel Levine just said. Yeah, what if you're in the wrong puberty? We need to stop that puberty. Okay, what if you're like so many that was just going through a phase and it was because of a social yeah. contagion because everyone in your friend group was doing the same thing mm -hmm. and you're this 12-year-old girl and now you've taken these puberty blockers and you started taking testosterone and it's forever altered you. What about that, Rachel? Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing, and I don't think it can be repeated enough with the so-called puberty blockers, there is no such thing as a puberty blocker. That's not, it's not developed for that purpose. These drugs are not FDA approved for the cause. What they're banking on is side effects of drugs that treat other ailments, like for male to female transition. Uh, one of the more common so-called puberty blockers is actually a drug that is given to men with prostate cancer. Uh, and one of the side effects is increased estrogen and uh, increased uh, growth in breast tissue and a, uh, a, a higher register voice. Mm -hmm. They're banking on side effects and experimenting on kids. And we have one of the nation's top health officials, again, an obese man who thinks he's a woman, one of the, one of the top health officials in this country, yes. saying that we should be doing it, and it's a good thing. You know, this guy was a father and a husband for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And then decides to transition. Have you ever heard an interview with one of the kids? I have not. Not either. I've heard different people say, you know what? This person that the left holds up in such high regard as this hero is not a good person at all. Oh, he's a bad guy. I mean, just even looking at the... Uh, the he used to be the top health official in Pennsylvania. Yeah, had the whole nursing home scandal. Had the nursing home scandal, cramming COVID patients into... Uh, uh, nursing homes, but before that policy went into effect, he got his own mom out.
Yes. <laughs> He's a bad guy. It is infuriating. And the thing is, you've got all these other countries now saying, we got to back way off of this. Okay, we went out over our skis, especially what happened in the UK because of all the lawsuits that were coming in from kids saying, how could you let me do that? I was 13 years old. How would I know what was best for me at that time? You have all these other things set in society that I can't do because of my age. My brain isn't developed enough to make these kinds of decisions. But then you'll have the likes of... Well, CBS putting out this propaganda piece on Sunday morning saying, well, you, you weren't around when my seven-year-old kept crying saying, I want to wear a dress. And so finally, we just sort of gave in. Well, what? You're the parent. Right. <laughs> Do in, you get it? In, in, in what other context would we celebrate a parent who just gave in to demands of their seven-year-old? Never. Never. So we just it's started weak, giving him ice cream. Thinking. We just started giving him ice cream for breakfast because he wanted it so much. Unreal. Okay. Got a story, David, on a former college football coach. Oh, man, our listeners in Knoxville, Tennessee already know this one, but oh my gosh, it's gold. So former University of Tennessee head coach uh, Jeremy Pruitt uh, has been punished, and uh, the NCAA has announced sanctions for the university as well as a result of an investigation into payouts uh, to players and their families. You know, this happens from time to time in college football. Somebody's mm-hmm. paying to get some recruits. So uh, for more than 200 infractions committed during his three-year tenure as head coach, the university has been fined more than $8 million and will be on probation for the next five years. Um now, according to the records obtained by Knox News, Pruitt cited George Floyd and Breonna Taylor when explaining to investigators why he gave a player's mom 300 bucks in a Chick-fil-A bag. What? <laughs> I, was, I'm bri- <laughs> I was bribing that mom in honor of George Floyd. <laughs> He's talking about how it's like racial justice or something. He says, then you throw in George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. So you sit there as a white man and you see all of this going on and you see these kids suffering. It's pitiful when you sit in a room and you hear grown men. And I'm talking about our coaches, too, when they talk about growing up and the circumstances that they've been under, because it's hard for a white man to understand. Right. And that's why I said, you know what? I'm going to pay you to play. And mom, here's 300 cash. It was just 300. Just to let you too. Know. It's like so wait, racial harmony cost 300 bucks. I, wow. <laughs> Okay, so that's the new standard. <laughs> did you did talking you, reparations? And this guy's leading the way. Three hundred in a Chick Fil A bag for everybody. <laughs> did you leave some Chick Fil A in the bag because the waffle fries <laughs> might seal the deal? <laughs> oh man, that is fantastic. Okay, much more to get to. Um, <laughs> the story about millennials, David. I wanted to bring this up to you because I saw it. I thought of you. Um, apparently. A lot of millennials want woke pronoun censorship. Mm-hmm. You misgender? That's a crime. Oh, please. Yeah. Get to that and a news update next. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. He'll be back next week. All right. We'll get to a news update in a sec. Real quick. David, I mentioned this because you are the millennial on the show. Uh, most millennials think misgendering, meaning not using someone's preferred pronouns, yeah. should be criminalized. Uh, no. 
This was Newsweek mm-hmm. had this. Uh, 44% of those, that breaks it down, age 25, 34, think referring to someone by the wrong gender pronoun should be a criminal offense. Just 31% of that demo disagrees. 25%. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then move to the U.K., they don't have the First Amendment, and they do actually go after people who misgender folks online. Yeah, it's unreal. And this is a surprising twist for some. Gen Z respondents significantly less likely than millennials to support the pronoun censorship. So 18 to 24s, only 33% supported making misgendering a criminal offense. 48% said no. I think explain that? I think that's the difference between theory and practice. I think more Gen Z people have been exposed to the social contagion of radical trans ideology. They also know how flipping difficult it can be to get the pronouns right. And they also really don't care that much. Right. Because deep down, they may never say it, but you cannot convince me that at a high school, if you've got a a few trans people, uh, kids who are, uh, you know, deluding themselves, walking around the hallways, Mm -hmm. you cannot convince me that anything less than 90% of the student body rolls their eyes at that. They don't, I'm with you. They don't hate them. There's no hatred there. It's right. just sort of like, okay, whatever. They're looking for attention. You know, Everybody knows what it is, really, even if they don't want to admit it. Whereas millennials, like in my generation, you know, we've been sort of, uh, just broadly speaking, there, there's a greater likelihood that you've been indoctrinated into this kind of stuff to think that it's good, even if you've never experienced it in your life. Right. And now you want to sort of live it out. Yeah. Because, I mean, generations battle against each other. Yeah. And you don't want to be seen as backwards. Right. You want to be the enlightened one still. Right. Well, yeah. I think, I, I, dude, I totally agree with that take because in my mind, I was thinking about, you know, the kids that are coming up. They haven't been brainwashed for at least four years somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they know what reality is. And I'm like, I call BS on this, which is different from especially... 25 to 34 is fresh out of it. I mean, broad brush on all this, but still. Thought that was uh, pretty interesting. And again, man, as far as freedom of speech, does that get taught in school anywhere anymore? What that means? Um, Apparently not. I mean, (laughs) I think think it's because there has also been a massive push, particularly by left-wing censors, to talk about uh, the catch-all term of hate speech. And when you tell people, or it's, it's fascinating to me, it gets to what you had mentioned, Tucker Carlson mentioned, is that in an insane society, telling the truth is dangerous. Yeah. And that's threatening. Mm-hmm. But when somebody says to you, well, we need to regulate hate speech, and then you respond to them accurately, well, what you define as hate speech is protected under the First Amendment. You have a right to say things and I have a right to call you an idiot. But that, but that is protected speech. There is no is. such thing in the legal sphere as hate speech. But people don't know that. People don't realize that. And if you tell no. them that, well, what are you saying? Are you saying that someone should be able to walk down the street yelling the N-word over and over again? I said, well, I, listen, I don't agree with that. I don't want that person to do that. I would be very offended if somebody were doing that. Right. But that is constitutionally protected speech. Yeah. And it's okay for you to call some older woman a Karen. Right. That's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's different. It's not yours. Okay. But it's uh, who decides who gets to call who names? No, it's 
protected. You're absolutely right. That's certainly part of it. Um, as far as a news update, a few things going on out there. Um, the whistleblowers with the Hunter Biden case, okay, they're upset, especially at the left, because they're being demonized now. Used to be with the left, we celebrated whistleblowers. We need yeah. them to hold people in power accountable. Mm-hmm. But not when it comes to the Bidens, I guess. No. Well, Jamie Raskin apparently just described Hunter Biden's conduct with his firearm as exercising his Second Amendment rights. <laughs> he lied. <laughs> he lied on a background check form. Now, if you want to do away with background checks, um, I'm all ears. Let's let's talk about that. But that's not what they want. No, it's not what they want. That wasn't the problem with him getting a gun. He lied about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot to get to this and all of the Trump stuff with the upcoming indictment. A lot, lot to cover. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And with everything, if there's one biggest story of the day, what is it? Uh, now, as it is developing, as the hearing is underway, uh, we have a, a crack team of audio engineers uh, turning around audio right now trying to uh, bring you the latest. And by a team, I mean I'm doing it. But anyway. (laughs) Exactly. I'll try to find a few too, man. (laughs) Try to help you out with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's breaking as we speak. Yeah. So, yeah, we will get to that. Also, you have the clip of Trump talking about uh, President Xi from China. Mm -hmm. We haven't had a chance to get to that yet. No, we haven't. Oh, and we have a Tucker clip that we had left over from yesterday I said we'd get to today. We got a lot of stuff to get to coming up, but a few right here. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robin. He's on vacation. This is not on part of the fun, although hopefully he's enjoying vacation. Well-deserved. Okay, got a lot of stuff going on. Um, boy, this is quite the news update here, David. <laughs> I'm in now. Okay, so uh, the IRS whistleblowers are testifying on Capitol Hill. Uh, These are people who are alleging that the federal government interfered in their investigation into uh, Hunter Biden and then also stopped their efforts to follow any leads that might lead to Joe. And this connects with other whistleblower testimony that says that Joe Biden was in on a bribery scheme, on a pay-for-play scheme, while he was vice president and then after he was vice president. Okay, I'm sitting here being patient. I just want to blurb out the big news. Okay, I, I, all right. So, Mr. The whistleblower's X, gay and he's a Democrat and he's married. Yeah, Joseph Ziegler is the guy's name. And uh, he describes what his role was here and then also describes the backlash to him. I was the lead IRS case agent on the Hunter Biden investigation. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to, my actual, due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is, my credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. I implore you to consider that if you were in my position with the facts as I have stated them, ask yourself if you would be doing the exact same thing. I hope that I am 
an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at the potential cost to themselves and others. We should always do the right thing, no matter how painful the process might be. I kind of equate this to the experience and feelings I encountered when coming out. It was honestly one of the hardest things I ever had to go through. I contemplated scenarios that would have been highly regrettable, but I did what is right and I'm standing in, or I'm sitting here in front of you today. I would first like to take a minute to thank some people for their unfounded. So then he goes and thanks some people for this. Okay, to go back to what yeah. he said at the very beginning, mm -hmm. as far as his credibility. Yeah. Because he is, in fact, a Democrat who is a gay man that's married. Right. Um, that credibility only means something to the left. Yeah. Not to the right. Because if you would have been a lifelong Republican in that job. It'd still want to hear what you have to say, where the left would have just dismissed that person. Mm -hmm. Maybe the left is still going to dismiss Ziegler because he's gay and married and it doesn't matter at all. But that's what, at least my interpretation, is what he's getting at. Yeah. That the credibility, I mean, you just figure, okay, this is a 13-year special agent who has a great record. Why would they all of a sudden lie? I don't know. Let's hear what they have to say and see if it checks out. But all of a sudden, it is a credibility issue because of the way the left views everything with these whistleblowers. Wow, man. That is wild. <laughs> I, I will say one thing, because I know a lot of this is going to have to be played on. I don't know if National News picks this up. Maybe they do. I have no idea what will happen here moving forward. But whoever sat the person who's wearing an Ashley Babbitt shirt behind him on mm -hmm. national TV, if that was a congressional staffer, fire that person today. <laughs> I don't care how what your feelings are on Ashley Babbitt. This is the woman who was shot, an unarmed woman who was shot and killed during the Capitol riot. I don't care. I don't care what your opinion is of her or whatever. you got to remember, if you are trying to frame this as the serious moment that it is, you cannot give the left an inch when it comes to their ability to say these are just a bunch of right-wing conspiracy theorists. Because to them, it won't matter that this guy is a gay Democrat. What they're going to focus on is the fact that they're going to be able to call some guy watching a conspiracy theorist nut. I, I, it, it just, it's, anyway, I, that's my only criticism thus far. I think this is a serious issue. This is a serious hearing, and I hope they treat it in the serious way that it should be uh, treated. And I hope it gets covered the way it should be covered. But unfortunately, I, I would bet you anything, someone on MSNBC, someone on CNN, the people that need to hear this information, mm -hmm. the topic of conversation is going to be that dude wearing the T-shirt of Ashley Babbitt. I always think of it this way, I guess. I want independents to see it. I want them to understand what the whistleblowers are getting at. Yeah. and how Because what this in the end leads to is the Biden family yeah, and what they've been doing for years and years and years. That's the biggest thing. It's not how much crack Hunter smoked on a laptop or how many hookers are on the video or what any of that stuff. It's the big story of the entire family and how it's compromised Joe Biden in so many ways. And I'm not saying Joe Biden's the only politician that is bought and paid for by somebody else. I think it's a huge problem, but he's the president. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping to get after. Um, oh, and just like that, David, uh, the person with the Ashley Babbitt shirt, 
Yeah. There is a woman sitting in front of him now. Now you can't see the T-shirt. All right. Somebody move somebody in front of that person. <laughs> they may have jockeyed their way up there. And, and they may be. have done it to say, okay, I, I want some sort of spotlight on Ashley Babbitt because that's been ignored. She should never have been shot and killed. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. You have a right to do that. I'm just, if, if that was assigned seating, because usually the first couple rows are. Right. Um, that it's just, it, it, it just, that was one thing that bugged me. And we'll, we can get to the substance of, of what is being alleged here as well, because that's ultimately the most important part of it. Um, because, I mean, I mean, you do have these guys who have been in the IRS for years, decades. So in actually, the normal process that we would follow, we weren't allowed to do our jobs because the Bidens were being protected. Yeah, and Catherine Herridge with CBS News, who's been one of the few mainstream media reporters mm-hmm. covering this, well, it's just been revealed she did an exclusive interview with him. Oh. <laughs> As this is rolling out, now that uh, Joseph Ziegler, the Mr. X, the anonymous up to this point whistleblower, Here's part of what he is alleging, and this is, again, from CBS News. Why did you want to interview Hunter Biden's adult children? So a lot of the um, business deductions expenses related to the adult children. Did you get the approvals? So we never received the approvals to, to talk to, to, to those people. What did the assistant U.S. attorney tell you? That that's going to get us into hot water. Is that in the IRS handbook, avoiding hot water? No, but I mean, I was asking to do these certain things and roadblock after roadblock was put up in front of me. Wow. After all of this, Republicans would be crazy to not start an impeachment inquiry like next week. Yep. And what is the deal? And I know you don't have the answer, so I'm just asking to the clouds. Why CBS? They've been on this. Yeah, I mentioned the last few weeks, but not the others. NBC hasn't touched it. ABC, CNN, to my knowledge, certainly not MSNBC. Yeah, there 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 have been passing references to it, but sort of like "Ah, ads. There's this thing Republicans are highlighting. Right. Um, CBS News. I think it has a lot to do with Catherine Herridge. Uh, She's she seems to be the only one willing. She used to be at Fox, by the way, and now now she's at CBS News. And I think there is a good case to be made that she has put her foot down, that she's going to follow this story. But, man, still, dude, I know. I Okay, call me out for sounding like a conspiracy nut. Yeah. I still believe that the heads of those networks, they control everything. They control the stories that come out. Mm-hmm. There, It has to go higher than her that said, okay, we'll run this. Because she's got to get approval for anything that she does. And... It's not that we haven't seen other reporters at other networks have stories that they wanted to put out there that got squashed. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's something going on at CBS that's not going on at yeah. another, the other networks. Or that she really does have that kind of juice. I don't know. Or she's got everything on tape, conversations, and that she's told somebody, you let me run this story or mm-hmm. you're about to lose everything. All of it's fascinating. Yeah. Say that. Okay, more on that in a bit. I forgot the other things we we're going to talk about. It doesn't seem as important. Well, I said I mentioned I had a Tucker clip that we get to, and then Trump talking about China, President Xi. Yeah, media is freaking out a little bit because Donald Trump supposedly praised Chinese President Xi Jinping, but that's not really the story. Did a town hall with Sean Hannity, and he was talking about how weak U.S. leadership has been with China. Uh, 
especially when you compare it to the ruthlessness of the Chinese Communist Party and President Xi Jinping. All right. President Xi, central casting, brilliant guy. You know, when I say he's brilliant, everyone says, oh, that's terrible. Call it. Well, he runs 1.4 billion people with an iron fist. Smart, brilliant, everything perfect. There's nobody in Hollywood like this guy. I got them to pay us $28 billion because they screwed our farmers for years. And I had the Secretary of Agriculture come up and I said, give me a number. They said, it's $28 billion. Comes back a week later, it's $28 billion. I said, that's a lot. I said, well, we're going to take it from China. I got $28 billion for the farmers. Who got a check? Did everybody get a check? That's why he's so appealing, man. Right there. Yeah. Talks like a regular person. I made you money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, I made him pay. That resonates with people. Mm -hmm. You just speak in common terms. Yeah. Like when he would say, NATO, they're not paying their fair share. Why are we paying for this? That makes sense to people. Remember the freak out with all the elites when he would say something like that? Oh, yeah. Regular people are like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, real quick, this clip of Tucker. It's not certainly not a big story today or anything else. I thought you would find it amusing, which means I've, anybody that hears it, I think, will find amusing. He was explaining when he was speaking at Turning Point USA that, you know, as far as getting the reputation of ending campaigns because he asks hard questions and holds people's feet to the fire, it's not that he wants to go after people personally, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you hear this clip, another reason to play it, to me, this is Tucker having fun. And now he doesn't have the shackles of a Fox News or somebody overlooking him, and he can be himself. I don't attack anyone in pers on personal grounds uh, or by name. It's tempting. I will say it's tempting. Whoever said do it, you're the devil on my shoulder. <laughs> do it! <laughs> I've, I've, spent my, I've spent my whole life. <laughs> no, 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 no. But if I could make some general observations, which I think are more edifying than just like savaging Mike Pence. Um, <laughs> I, I think... So then he mentions Pence. <laughs> which I'm not going to do. Because that would be wrong, and it would be wrong because it's too easy. And the easy things are not rewarding, are they? You don't feel good when you beat your five-year-old in soccer or ping pong. Like, what? Well, I mean... <laughs> oh, man, that is brutal. I mean, I'm fine with, you know, establishing dominance in, in, in <laughs> ping pong. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't make you feel good. Well... If it does, then we got some issues. We need some counseling. <laughs> All right, I know this news is breaking right now about these whistleblowers. Yeah. And what they're saying about the uh, yeah. Biden family and how they were held up in the investigations. Yeah. And so we got to get to the latest on that. Ziegler says that, uh, well, has weighed in on what happened anytime they would ask about Joe Biden. Oh, can't wait to hear that. All right. And if we have time, uh, a desire for a normal fetal outcome apparently is transphobic. <laughs> Wow. All coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. The whistleblowers are testifying today. Yeah. Breaking news here, David. Uh, yeah, the IRS whistleblower, uh, Joe Ziegler is his name. 
and I, I think it is important to point this out because you're going to have a bunch of liberals out there saying, well, he's just being propped up by Republicans. He's a gay Democrat. Yes, married man. Uh, and so this guy doesn't have any political axe to grind, it would seem, based on that, uh, based on his personal life. He says he's just out there trying to do what is right. Well, and, and uh, honestly, I don't think it overstates it to say it's courageous doing what he's doing because the backlash is going to be massive. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. So part of his testimony today, he explains uh, a bunch of instances in which Hunter Biden falsified his tax returns in 2018. And I -hmm. think the bigger point that you've made, Jamie, is how does this connect to Joe? Because that's what matters more than anything else. And his whole thesis is that every time they started to pull on strands or recommend serious charges against the president's son, somebody at the Justice Department would tell them to back off. And so here's Hmm. part of his uh, today. This is the the, the breaking uh, audio that you're going to hear where he talks about Hunter Biden lying on taxes. Statements Hunter Biden made in his book completely contradicted what he was deducting as business deductions on his 2018 return. While writing his memoir, Hunter stated, I holed up inside the chateau for the first six weeks and learned how to cook crack. Hunter Biden allegedly falsely claimed business deductions for for payments made to the Chateau Marmont, a hotel room for his supposed drug dealer, sex club memberships, falsely referenced on the wire as a golf membership, hotels he was blacklisted from, and a Columbia University tuition payment for his adult daughter. All of these items were used to support willfulness, the willfulness element for felony tax evasion. These false deductions claimed by Hunter Biden caused a false return to be prepared that underreported his total income by approximately $267,000. And he goes on from there. And so basically the point is we had the goods on him. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, the Justice Department let him off with a sweetheart deal. Not filing his taxes uh, on time is what they're saying. Okay. And then anytime they asked about Joe, it was put on the back burner? Oh, yeah. All right, roll it. Did you uncover evidence that President Biden financially benefited from his son's deals? I don't feel comfortable answering that question. Why is that? Anytime we potentially wanted to go down the road of asking questions related to the president, it was that's going to take too much approvals. We can't ask those questions. And I mean, it created it created an environment that was very hard to deal with. It's a politically sensitive case. Wouldn't it require additional approvals? Yes, I do understand that that aspect, but it would be like, well, let's think about it. Let's put that on the back burner. Well, well, well. And this is just getting started. Yeah, it is. This is going to be a fun ride. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins is on vacation, missing out on the fun today. Got whistleblower testimony going on at Capitol Hill. Yeah. So you've got a couple of IRS investigators who were involved in the Hunter Biden tax fraud or or tax allegations 
uh, who say that at every turn they faced an uphill battle to, to get more information. And they were also uh, shocked that prosecutors were able to make a deal that didn't involve more serious felony charges against the president's son. And so, you know, I think the left is trying to write this off as saying, well, that's Hunter. We know he had a drug problem, blah, 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 blah. Now, the question is, how involved was the president in making sure that this investigation kind of went away? And that's why whistleblowers have come out from the FBI to detail their experiences. One of them uh, is a guy named Joe Ziegler, been with the agency since 2010, and part of his testimony uh, includes uh, an allegation that they found multiple felonies uh, for millions of dollars in unpaid taxes. And when you have a five-year-long investigation, what they found was many of these felonies uh, had basically survived the statute of limitations. So, for example, not claiming something like $17 million uh, that Hunter Biden got from Burisma, that corrupt uh, energy company in Ukraine, well, he's never going to have to pay those taxes back because, well, the investigation took five years. So the statute mm. of limitations <laughs> had run out. Right, yes. Uh, also, uh, 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 the whistleblower is saying that uh, Hunter Biden illegally uh, took deductions that were not qualified, including for sex clubs and to rent out a uh, uh, well, the sex club thing was interesting because he he labeled it as a golf resort or a golf club <laughs> when it wasn't it wasn't that and so again uh. how this relates to Joe is boy it seems pretty clear that the the the, the federal government bureaucracy was really interested in protecting Hunter Biden and was that just a favor to Joe or was it because they didn't want the IRS to be pulling at threads that might actually lead to Joe. And it looks like that's the deal. And by the way, one of the big surprises for people today is the second whistleblower, because we knew of Shapley before, but who is the second person, becomes known as Whistleblower X, and as it turns out, is a Democrat who happens to be gay and married, and is saying, hey, I'm just trying to do the right thing here. Yeah. Okay. Um, and already saying that, yes, he knows he's going to be demonized for this mm -hmm. and was warned not to do this, not to testify. And at the same time, I'm following Jonathan Turley, legal expert, what he's saying about this. And he mentioned that Ziegler, who was whistleblower X, detailed the payments to Hunter and his companies from foreign sources at $17 million. Mm-hmm. And that other Biden family members receive some of this money, including Biden grandchildren, except the one, of course. Well, yeah, of course. And then, yes, as you mentioned, he said he wanted to interview those family members. But Jamie Raskin is dismissing the allegations as nothing more than investigators who do not understand uh, prosecutorial discretion. Yeah, here's Jamie Raskin, the top Democrat on this committee that is having the hearing today dismissing this as business as usual. Um, it seems to me that a lot of your testimony has been about the problem of prosecutorial discretion and the traditional tug of war between investigators who characteristically uh, want to charge uh, as many offenses as they've come across um, 
and uh, prosecutors who are more attuned to the rigors of the courtroom and the complexity of forensic evidence. And I admit, as a former state assistant attorney general, I see it more from the prosecutor's standpoint than the investigator's standpoint. So, so this is business as usual, right? No, nobody, everybody knows that if you write off your membership to a sex club as a golf membership, and if you cover up your income from foreign sources, everyone knows that the IRS would never just go after you. And certainly every prosecutor in America would just look the other way. This is, this is standard operating procedure, okay? Wow. Yes, and That's I unreal. can't wait to hear the exact way that Raskin phrased that, you know, Hunter Biden had an addiction, Mm-hmm. Okay, and so some of the conduct, you know, while not, you know, being proud of it, you know, it, we're dealing with someone that was addicted to drugs. Yeah. I think one of the whistleblowers is like, that's no excuse. <laughs> I can't wait to get to the rest of this. It's fascinating. And again, the hope is that at least, you know, half the country will realize what the whole Biden family has been about for a long, long time. Because legacy media has covered for this guy and helped shape this narrative that he's just, you know, hardworking, blue-collar Joe Biden looking out for the regular folks. Oh, yeah. What a load of BS that is. Wow. Okay. So keeping an eye on that. I'm sure we'll be distracted talking about this other stuff, too. Um, Well, other things going on. Um, Ron DeSantis did an interview with CNN. Uh, Donald Trump looks like is going to be indicted again. That was one of the big lead stories on all the news shows today. Yeah. And we don't know where that's going to go because it's dealing with January 6th. Yeah. Now, as far as, you know, inciting violence, that's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, I I think it's a little bit. um, I I think the January 6th designation has just become the catch all. Uh, From what I can tell from what the reports are, and again, we haven't seen any indictment for Donald Trump. It's not about the Capitol riot so much as it is about um, what the media has dubbed fake electors and mm-hmm. attempts to get uh, sort of election laws thrown out after the fact. That's what that's what it is. So it's more like it's more the period between the election and the day of the Capitol riot. That's okay. really what what it seems like they're looking at. I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to go after him on the actual riot itself. I think that'd be weak sauce. And I honestly, I, I'm trying to understand uh, whether or not this particular uh, 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 special counsel would have jurisdiction to, to charge him anyway. Yeah, I mean, seems like that would be a DC matter. You would think so. We don't know exactly what any of that means and how serious it is, but it's all these different charges. It's hard to keep all of those straight um so we'll see where all of this goes uh, and just i want to get a quick prediction from you david as far as what's happened today with these whistleblowers this story has for the most part been ignored by most of legacy media outside of cbs news yeah does the today show have this on tomorrow does good morning america <sighs> I, i'm putting you on the spot i gotta think predict so. it one way or another yeah i think so 
You think this is finally the thing? Think, okay, you can't ignore this anymore. Yeah, I think it'll be very apologetic for Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. I think it'll be. I think what, what here's how I think it will be framed. I think it will be framed in a way that says, but they never connected Joe to it. So they can say uh, they'll they'll leave out the parts where, you know, the the, the allegation, at least, is that federal prosecutors told them no <laughs> when it came to investigating whether or not Joe had anything to right. do with Hunter Biden's financial crimes. They'll leave that part out. But they will say uh, something like they didn't make a case against Joe Biden. They were targeting Hunter Biden. Uh, and you might get a little bit of a sob story. Who knows? Okay. All right. For now, let's go here. I mentioned this story that a desire for a normal fetal outcome is now being described as transphobic. Yeah, dude, this is crazy. Okay. Uh, I saw this on a website called Reality's Last Stand. A couple (laughs) of uh, medical officials at the Center for Bioethics and Culture wrote it. They're both registered nurses. Um, Okay. It's a response to this paper published in the Journal of Qualitative Research and Health, which promotes the use of testosterone for women who think they're men while they're pregnant or breastfeeding. Oh, goodness. Which, uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of things when you're pregnant that doctors tell you to not take because there could be a risk. Not even like we've established there's definitely a risk. It's there could be a risk. So you might not want to take A, B, or C. Testosterone, you know there's a risk. To the baby and to you as a human, as an adult. Um, So the authors, a group of transgender sociologists and healthcare activists with not one medical degree among them, argue to dramatically move the goalpost of medical ethics. They argue that gendered pregnancy care is too focused on helping women have healthy babies and that it might be okay for trans men, that is women who think they are men, uh, to continue taking testosterone during pregnancy, despite the known health risks to the fetus and the effects on its normal development. The desire for normal fetal outcomes, according to the authors, is rooted in a problematic desire to protect their offspring from becoming anything other than normal and reflect historical and ongoing social practices for creating ideal and normative bodies. Patient, yeah, th- don't want your kid to be healthy. No. Yep. Transphobic. This is a direct quote from the paper in question. Patients and providers tend to pursue precautionary offspring-focused treatment approaches. <laughs> well, yeah! <laughs> oh, my gosh. And on that, let's just get to this clip. Ron DeSantis being interviewed by Jake Tapper talking about military wokeness. Yeah. Oh, I like this. Yeah, he, he was asked... Uh, uh, about his plan to refocus the military on the mission instead of giving in to a bunch of woke civilians? Good. The Pentagon response is that Army and Marines readiness is the best it's been in years, uh, and reenlistment in the Army is the best it's been in years. So their argument might be in response, what problem are you trying to solve? Well, why do we have the worst recruiting uh, that we've had since the Vietnam conflict? Yeah. Uh, why have great warriors being driven off, such as with the COVID-19 shot mandates? These were people that had been performing admirably. A lot of them had had COVID. They had natural immunity. They were told, take this 
shot or leave. So I think you've had a big problem uh, with morale. You clearly have a problem with recruiting. And at this levels, everybody has acknowledged these recruiting levels are at a crisis. People want to join the military, I think, because they think it's something different. And I think some of the civilian leaders in the military are trying to have the military mimic corporate America academia. That's ultimately not going to work. Agreed. Okay, there's a whole lot to get to. Then there's breaking news going on with the whistleblowers, D.C., talking about the Biden investigation, how they were hampered. Wow, there's a lot going on there. And then that soldier's mom said she couldn't believe her son did this as far as going to North Korea. A lot to get to coming up. All right. It's the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins, on vacation. Okay, news update, David Van Camp. Well, Democrats are uh, floundering a little bit today in a uh, House oversight um, hearing on the Hunter Biden investigation. you got a couple of IRS whistleblowers testifying, one of them, uh, a guy named Joe Ziegler, uh, who says that uh, at every turn, essentially, when they were investigating Hunter Biden, much less trying to figure out what Joe Biden or how Joe Biden was involved in uh, Hunter Biden's corrupt business deals, they were told no. They had multiple felonies on the table that they could have gone after Hunter with, and prosecutors said no. Now, Democrats are scrambling right now because Mr. Ziegler happens to be a gay Democrat. Mm-hmm. And so they can't call him a right-wing puppet, so they have to try to discredit it. And, and the, the, the ranking Democrat on this committee, uh, Jamie Raskin, is out there now saying, well, basically, you're just small fries. You don't understand prosecu- uh, prosecutorial discretion. Prosecutors all the time walk away from different recommendations that investigators will have. Now, there's an element of truth to that. Yeah, the, the, the investigator will present something, and a prosecutor says yes or no. But there is a key difference here, and this is – it gets a little deep in the weeds. I'll try to explain it as, as simply as I can. What Mr. Ziegler is saying is that in order to reach the misdemeanor charge on taxes yeah. that they reached with Hunter Biden with that plea agreement, According to Department of Justice rules, you have to have a felony attached to it. So in other words, you have to you have to say, well, we're charging with this felony and it can be downgraded, but you have to have a felony before you go after him for that misdemeanor. That's the regulation. That's the rules that the Justice Department has in place. And Jamie Raskin, the top Democrat on this committee, uh, just tries to completely change the subject. When you have a felony charge with a misdemeanor that you have to charge the felony. And in this case, they did not charge that felony. And then there's one more point to this. We had a meeting with all four Excuse me, when you prosecutors. Say, wait, when you say you have to charge the felony, that is a Department of Justice rule you're saying? That is in their manual that you have to charge the felony in order to avo- avoid an equitable treatment of taxpayers. No, but you're saying whether or not the evidence supports it? That is a part of that is in that analysis is whether the evidence, but that's that goes back to the point of that if the certain deductions that were taken, the certain deductions that were taken on the tax return, that's for you guys to decide whether the felony was there or not. But the point is, is that we're bringing... That's for the U.S. attorney to decide. And I'm afraid we're not going to be able to investigate every tax case in America. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Because Democrats just supported a change in ruling Mm -hmm. 
or a change in the rules that say that if you make more than $600 in the gig economy, you have to declare that on your freaking taxes. That's right. So, That's why you hired all of the new agents and pouring <laughs> millions of billions of dollars into it. But we, we just don't have time for this. We can't investigate it. Okay, so what? Hunter Biden was writing off his membership to his sex club and and also a rent payment for his drug dealer. Uh, and and all of that stuff we can't, but we can't do. We got grandmas who are making six hundred dollars a month on Etsy that we have to bring the hammer down on. Not the president's son. Wow, this is really something unbelievable. Again, I can't wait to see how this is covered because there's a lot of stuff coming out of this, and some of the messages from Hunter Biden to his associates. Yeah, oh. you know, I can make five million. In salary at any law firm in America. If you think this is about money, it's not. The Bidens are the best I know at doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership. Mm -hmm. Right now, CNN has nothing on the above the fold portion of their website. What I heard was MSNBC has uh, E. Jean Carroll on. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. That's not a joke. Okay, biggest story of the day, David. Well, media is hopelessly corrupt. It is. So is uh, our president. It's just propaganda. That's unreal. Yeah, right now it's CNN.com. I'm reading it right now. Live updates on Ukraine, the weather, uh, U.S. soldier in North Korea, uh, high anxiety among Disney staff, and Putin cut a deal with the Wagner chief to save his skin, according to the MI6. Those are the top stories. Not... (laughs) Not allegations of corruption involving the president of the United States. And MSNBC is talking to E. Jean Carroll, really? Yes. That's pathetic. That is pathetic. It, it is. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're journalists. News update on all of this straight ahead. All right, then. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. There's breaking news today. David, from your news background, you're very good at this. Well, I'll tell you Just this. Just laying out what we know right now. Well, we've got a couple of IRS whistleblowers uh, testifying on Capitol Hill. They are alleging uh, that the federal government worked to stymie their efforts to investigate Hunter Biden's tax crimes and then also blocked their efforts to follow any strands of this investigation that would have led to Joe Biden. And it really ramped up in 2020, they allege, because of the 2020 election that was coming up. They didn't want any of this stuff to really come out. That's what's being alleged right now. One of the guys is Gary Shapley. We've heard from him in the last few weeks. Uh, The other is a guy named Joe Ziegler. Uh, And because, you know, the left loves to play this game, uh, he is a Democrat who is gay. He is married to another man. Uh, and really doesn't have anything to gain from this by his own admission here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says said he's trying to do the right thing. He's just trying to do the right thing is, is what he's saying. Now, it's very interesting going to Gary Shapley here. He is the guy who says that in October of 2022, he had a meeting where he was told explicitly to not uh, really press the issue for felony charges against Hunter Biden. Now, the U.S. attorney who was ultimately making decisions about whether or not to charge him uh, said, "Ah, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. You know, Democrats Democrats keep saying that this is this uh, special prosecutor uh, Weiss 
or U.S. Attorney Weiss. Right. Democrats keep saying handpicked by Donald Trump. They say that over and over again. Yes. Uh, he was an Obama appointee in like 2011 or maybe starting in 2000, uh, 2009. So I'm, it, this guy is not a, a, a Trump sycophant by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it's actually really impossible to make that case. Um, anyway, about this October meeting, I thought this was interesting. Jamie Raskin, the top Democrat, is asking Gary Shapley about it and says, well, wasn't this really just a misunderstanding? <laughs> it seems to me this October 7th, 2022 meeting, which you've described as a red line, is just a misunderstanding that after the U.S. attorney in D.C. declined to partner on the 14 and 15 charges, Mr. Weiss took a good hard look at those charges himself and ultimately decided not to charge them and therefore not to seek the special attorney status. He may have been right about that. He may have been wrong, as you guys make your case for, but it was his decision. Isn't that right, Mr. Shapley? No, that, that's not supported by the facts. Really? Well, which facts is it not supported by? Uh, his own admissions in the October 7th, 2022 <laughs> meeting that I documented contemporaneously. And if the only piece of But he contradicts what you're saying. <laughs> but he contradicts it. Well, somebody's lying. That's right. what, we've said that for weeks. Goodness gracious. It's, it's I also saw Ziegler had testified that he was waved off from interviewing the Biden kids, right? Yeah. And he said that had never happened before in this kind of a circumstance. And they were getting at the point it was because Biden was running for president. Yeah. Everything was getting switched around. And then you had this dude, uh, the representative Democrat. Uh, <laughs> I did say Democrat. <laughs> I didn't mean to. The Democrat, Krishna uh, Muthi. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Illinois, right, Representative? Yeah. This dude wants to make this big deal and starts getting ticked of a timeline of when Biden was president, which, again, the whistleblowers both are trying to say, no, it was changed because he was running for president. It doesn't matter that he wasn't the sitting president, but it's almost like this gotcha game with this dude uh, to say, well, when was it? What about the timeline? They're, they've already tried to explain it to you. Just listen to part of this. It's just frustrating that all these politicians do this crap. Can you rephrase the what, the, what time period? Joe Biden was not the president in the presidential primaries in 2020. Correct. That is correct. Sir, finally, Mr. Shapley, you said that warrants were ready as soon as April 2020 to begin searching for records, but actions weren't taken with regard to those warrants. Again, Joe Biden was not the president in April 2020, was he? So I'm confused by your line of questioning. We're talking about an election to which uh, now President Biden was a part of. So he didn't have to be the president to have election meddling. No, but the question is this. Was he the president at that time in April 2020? The, 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 it's been asked and answered. <laughs> and what's the answer, sir? The elect, the elect. The answer is yes or no. Is no that. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. I wheeled Mr. back. Mr. Chairman, may I finish? No, no, no. It's not that simple. Everybody knows that's when the election right. was going on. It has nothing. You're trying to divert. Please, you may answer the question. So, you know, it's clear Gosh. that he was not the president, but an election is for the purpose of electing a president. And, <laughs> and, and Joe Biden at the time was a nominee for president of the United States. 
Therefore, the election clauses with DOJ policy took place and, and were in effect. And it wasn't until September 4th of 2020 that the Department of Justice Public Integrity said that we can no longer take any actions on that case. And in, in as early as April... And they try to distract him again. as early as April, or April to June of 2020, the Department of Justice, Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, was already invoking the election as a reason not to perform those search warrants. Okay. You're right. It gets so deep in the weeds. It does. I, I mean, what you need to know is that the federal government actively, both before and during Joe Biden's presidency, actively suppressed investigations that yep. would have damaged his son and potentially Joe Biden himself. That's what's yes. being alleged. Okay, so you would ask the question, how is media going to cover this? How is legacy media going to cover this? Yep. I have a quick sampling for you, okay? Excellent. We'll start with the left-wing networks, okay? MSNBC, leading on their website right now. Federal judge denies Trump's bid to move his New York State hush money case to federal court. Republicans give away the game with Trump target letter response. Trump unlikely to testify in Jack Smith's 2020 probe for simple reason as Trump's third indictment looms fit to serve question returns. Nancy Pelosi on Trump target letter. No one is above the law. Lawrence O'Donnell. Trump offers no defense of possible charges following January 6th target letter. Also, Ron DeSantis has entered the doom loop. All right, let's go to CNN. Mm -hmm. Uh, Live updates. Ukraine. Extreme heat. U.S. soldier in North Korea. Carly Russell. I don't even know what that story is. Uh, High anxiety among Disney staff. Oh, they've got a podcast (laughs) as well that they're advertising. And Putin cut a deal with the Wagner chief to save his skin, MI6 head says. Um, Oh, also... They've got a, uh, a stunning story that's called Male Grooming is Booming. Here's why. What's driving sunscreen's big boom? Probably wow. it's summer. NBC News now, right? This is supposed to be middle of the road real news, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading their website right now. Special counsel's target letter to Trump in 2020 election probe cites three federal statutes. Uh, more details emerge about U.S. soldier who ran full gas across border into North Korea. Four more Northwestern football alums underwent ritualized sexual hazing, they say. Uh, ABC News. What we know about Travis King, the American soldier detained in North Korea. Judge denies Trump's request for a new Carroll trial. Uh, Women give emotional testimony over abortion ban. Stanford president to resign amid concerns. I think it's too much to say that they're just propaganda outlets. They are propaganda outlets. They are. So That's embarrassing. The only news source, at least in the in the world of television news, that has anything about these IRS whistleblowers is CBS. They're the only one. And that's because Katherine Herridge got an interview with Joe uh, Ziegler, the uh, yeah. Uh, up until this point, the unknown uh, whistleblower X is what they were calling him. She also had the interview with Shapley. Yeah. Before, a couple of weeks ago. And I still wonder why. Why is CBS the only one? And just so you know, um, yeah, I checked ABC. They don't have it up there either. No. Um, the lead right now is Judge denies Trump's request for new mm-hmm. Carroll trial. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I'll check in on the New York Times here, if you want. 
Oh, why not? Um, b- 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 Russia says Ukraine-bound ships will be deemed okay. hostile. Uh, 50 rappers, 50 stories. <laughs> Israeli president tells Congress ties to U.S. are strong. Protests have simmered in Israel, starving orcas. Uh, in Florida, swimmers encounter an ocean that feels like steamy syrup. Uh, WashingtonPost.com. Again, they're covering anything except this hearing right now. Uh, WashingtonPost.com. As the world sizzles, China says it will deal with climate its own way. Uh, Stanford president will step down. The latest on Donald Trump's indictments and other key investigations. Nothing on IRS whistleblowers saying that the federal government was blocking their investigation into the president and his son. Okay. Well, the New York Post has got it front and center. Okay. Out of the shadows. Gay Democrat who wants to, quote, do what is right, steps forward as second IRS Hunter Biden whistleblower. There you go. Yep. Alleging a cover-up in the criminal investigation of President Biden's son, Hunter, calling himself a gay Democrat who wanted to do what is right. And again, the biggest part of the story isn't so much about Hunter Biden, taxes, uh, you know, the gun charge. It is how it all leads to the Biden family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jim Biden, Hunter's uncle, and how they had this massive amount of cash flowing into the family from other countries. And it was, you know, pay to play. Goodness gracious, man, this is wild. And it may be, you you know, I asked you that prediction, what was that, a half hour ago? Yeah. That it would be on the Today Show tomorrow in Good Morning America. And you said, yeah, I think they have to. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you still feel that way a half hour later? Dude, I mean, I can't, I, well, sadly, I can believe it. It's still shocking, but that none of these major news outlets are even making a mention of this. This is a pretty serious allegation from people who who are not just coming out of the woodwork. I mean, this is not. No, I know. This is not some random lady in California alleging that a Supreme Court nominee sexually assaulted her when they were in high school. The, these are people. No one's disputing that they've been with the IRS for yes. more than a decade. Nobody's disputing that they had intimate knowledge of the Hunter and Joe Biden IRS investigation. No one's disputing that. But when you can keep 50, 60 percent of the country in the dark to what's going on, that's how it gets destroyed. It's enemy it's of the people, crazy. dude. That's they enemy of enemy. the people. Yes. I don't think you could say it any better than that. Trump was right about that. OK, we'll get to another update on that. Um, wow. There's an update on China. We got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. And electric vehicles, climate benefits. Are they really there? All coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation back next week. News update, David Van Camp. I'm glad you're laughing through the sadness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So you got these IRS whistleblowers uh, uh, testifying on Capitol Hill today. Uh, they are alleging that the federal government stonewalled their investigation into tax crimes of Hunter Biden and really tried to divert the investigation once Joe Biden was running for president. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the uh, parts of the investigation was tax fraud related to Hunter Biden's uh, uh, income from Burisma. That's this gas company in Ukraine. 
Yes. And they're saying that, man, there were some issues there, some huge red flags there, but he didn't pay taxes on that, and they could have charged him with a felony, but because the investigation was stonewalled and slow-walked, the statute of limitations, ah, it's out. They can't charge him now. Right. Jerry Connolly is a Democrat from Virginia and may be the moron of the day if we had such a designation on this show. Maybe we should start. Because this guy was referencing Burisma in Ukraine and actually made the case that Donald Trump's first impeachment was a load of crap from the Democrats, (laughs) while also making the argument that maybe Joe Biden should be impeached for this. Okay. On accident. Uh, And if we're going to talk about Ukraine and Burisma, let's remember that the president of the United States, not Joe Biden, Donald J. Trump, was impeached over a phone call to the president of Ukraine wanting to get dirt on this very subject. And the whistleblowers are saying... There was dirt to be gotten. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. And Trump knew it. <laughs> what an absolute dumbass. <laughs> That's hilarious. And that's a guy who thinks he's smart. That guy that's a gotcha to this moron. Yeah. That's Holy hilarious. Mackerel. Wow, man. And I know, dude, we do this all the time because More than anything, you want to see justice, and you want to see the truth come out. You really do. And I think most people in the country are like that. Not all, but to a large degree. Okay. And then you come to the realization, probably nothing will come of this. Yeah. Do you still feel that way? Yes, I do. Are your hopes a little bit higher than they were, say, 24 hours ago? I think there's a lot more meat on the bone here that if, if people know about it, Yes, that's just it. They will be outraged. And so I do think there is enough meat on the bone there to maybe get through to people. The problem is you got to get the information to people. I know. And And when we have nothing but propaganda outlets for our media, (laughs) it's tough to do, man. It really is. Wow. If nothing else, a fascinating day. That is for sure. And with that, it's time for Nimrods in the News. Got to do that. It's a daily thing, you know. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Uh, to me, this Nimrod reminds me of Connolly, the guy you just mentioned. Oh, yeah. Just sort of outing himself right in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a 19-year-old dude in Georgia, James Brown. Not that James Brown. Right. Different James Brown. You know what he was arrested for? What's that? Doing donuts right in front of the police department headquarters. Yeah, don't do that. What are you going to do? <laughs> I feel like doing donuts. He was charged with reckless driving. And I guess it's a pattern for him because he has two other incidents of reckless driving on his record. He doesn't care got a need for speed and that's nimrods in the news